Hey, Paul, how are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. How are you, Ed? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, in, in the mood for a rant. Excellent, that's very exciting. So, well, that's what two weeks away from you know, real football does for you. Yeah, we're not long to wait now. Less than 24 hours' time will be uh, will have beaten Spurs. It should be a cracking game. Normally is it, White Lane. But we'll get to that later. First, I want to talk about the, the big news of the week. The great English team managed by the foreign star taking on our European opponents. Yes, United Reserves were at Motherwell this week to celebrate uh, Sir Matt Busby's 100th birthday. And uh, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer took his team up to Fair Park. Unfortunately, they got beaten. What do you think about this, Paul? Well, it's just a reflection on these foreign managers coming over here. No, it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's young bucks couldn't beat Motherwell's first team. What is the world coming to? I know, it's wrong. What One day, Scottish football might go through a renaissance. We can't make fun of Scottish football two weeks in a row on rant. Darren Fletcher will stop listening. That's right, he's probably our only listener. All right, Darren. Manchester United's most important midfielder, Darren Fletcher, as I will now be referring to him whenever I refer to him. That's right, and of course he was in action um, uh, with the World Cup qualifiers this week. Um, I think there was something like 17, 16, 17 United players um, off around the world, either playing or, in fact, uh, many of them sitting on the bench, uh, which um, I'm sure Alex Ferguson won't be too upset about. I don't mean to contradict you, Ed, but you said he was off playing with the World Cup qualifiers and he was very much off playing with the World Cup not qualifiers at all. Uh, Scotland knocked out this week, losing uh, tragically uh, with five minutes to go uh, against Holland. Um, it, it's a very Scottish story, that one, isn't it? It is. Uh, it was their really good performance, by all accounts. Their best performance so far, really. So. Yeah, we, we, you might want to call them plucky Scots. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do that. I really don't want to do that. So, um, United also had uh, a number of players with the England side. Obviously, Wayne Rooney played and starred in... Uh, England's two games, um, obviously the most important one being the, the 4-1 win against Croatia, although um, the other England players United had in the squad, Brown and Carrick, didn't play. Foster. Um, Foster sat on the bench, did, didn't get any game time. Um, of the others, uh, Nani uh, had two substitute appearances for Portugal. Um, Portugal still trying to qualify. They're in quite a lot of trouble at the moment um, behind Denmark, and Sweden and Hungary. I mean, obviously, we, we want the boy Nani to get to the World Cup finals, but it does look like our old friend Cristiano might not be making it to South Africa. Oh, oh poor old Cristiano. And uh, I, I'm sure he'll enjoy his uh, summer on the beach, though, won't he? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, him and Leo Messi. It is, it is entirely possible that the two best players in the world, um, apart from Manchester United's Darren Fletcher, um, are... Uh, uh, not going to make it to the World Cup. Argentina will make it though. They'll, you know, if they have to beat a Concacaf qualifier, they will, won't they? 1954, when uh, Pushkas and Di Stefano both missed. Mm. Last time that uh, the two best players in the world didn't get there. But we'll see. Um, of the other United players uh, off around the world, um, Evra didn't even make the bench for France's two games. Um, Why? What's up with that? What is up with that? Inexplicably, Abidal um, played uh, against Serbia on Wednesday, and um, and uh, Julian Escude, a player that United were linked with uh, many, many moons ago, um, played in uh, France's other game in the week, and on the bench was Gael Clichy, so um, yeah, Evra appears to be fourth in line in the France squad. I mean, if you were the France manager, right, you, 
you'd put him first in line, surely. Yes, but uh, not Raymond Dominic. <laughs> I might be able to do a better job than uh, France's least popular manager right now. Um, if you were Raymond Dominic, then we might not be recording this uh, podcast now because we'd have to check the astrological charts to make sure it was an appropriate time for engaging in this sort of activity. Yeah, he's a, he's a strange fellow indeed. Yeah. He is. Did you did you um, see the thing where after France got knocked out of the World Cup, he proposed to his very serious journalist girlfriend, who quite plainly was not impressed at all, and I think may have turned him down live on national television. That's gotta hurt. Well, it has, hasn't it? Poor chap. Elsewhere, Dimitar Berbatov played and scored against Montenegro and uh, set up another one, a fine performance from him, but um, Bulgaria are five points behind the Republic of Ireland, um, who are in the same group as Italy, so it looks like uh, Dimitar will be uh, missing out on the World Cup there. Uh, John O'Shea played and got injured against Cyprus. He has a blood clot in his leg, so he'll miss the weekend's game. Not ideal, is it? I mean... Manchester United's injury, uh, defensive injury crisis. Uh, not helped, yeah. Talking of which, uh, Johnny Evans played the full 90 minutes for Northern Ireland's trip to Poland. Uh, he, he hobbled through. There's still debate about whether he's going to need an operation or not. It doesn't look like it for the moment. They're, um, they're managing it with cortisone injections. Um, and the, uh, the two longest flights of the week, uh, Jisung Park played for South Korea, but only the once, so he played on Saturday. Uh, unfortunately, um, Antonio Valencia played in Bolivia for Ecuador uh, at about three in the morning UK time on Thursday. So um, there's a little chance of him making the Spurs game, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, you say little chance, surely absolutely no chance whatsoever. Yeah, it would would seem unlikely. Uh, Ferguson's never been one to uh, rush players back. Um, although United quite short in the, the right-hand uh, side of the field there. But we'll, we'll see. Um, I guess I, I guess um, for most listeners, the, the most interesting game of that lot would have been the England game against Croatia. Wayne Rooney, the Saar man yet again, uh, playing through the centre for Capello, seems to have brought the best out in the... Yeah, I've got two things to say about Wayne Rooney's status as a Saar man. One, I really don't understand why in every single newspaper I saw... Stephen Gerrard was on the cover, was on the back page of almost every single newspaper the day afterwards. It was like, Rooney was barely, there's barely a shot of Rooney anywhere. And secondly, I mean, Rain, we've all seen Rain Rooney score some wonder, wonder goals. I was there when he scored that goal of the season against Newcastle a couple of seasons ago. But England's fifth goal against Croatia, he's going to remember that for his whole life. Uh, what a moment of uh, attacking genius it was from the boy Rooney. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the best goals I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen it, you've got to YouTube it because it's just a blistering strike from him. And, it, it, you know, it was uh, such a difficult chance to fashion as well. Uh, I'm, every goal's a goal at international level. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Wayne well, I mean, Rooney has 25 now, so halfway there to, to taking uh, Bobby Charlton's England record. The uh, leading scorer, of course, in all qualification for the World Cup, I believe, Wayne Rooney. Uh, he he certainly is um, just a couple ahead of um, Eden Zeko, um, the Bosnian, and Bosnian got a pretty good side at the moment. He's uh, the Wolfsburg player that United will be facing in the Champions League. So I know that you um, care, quite rightly, more about your Manchester United Sabutio team than England. But can we just have a little dalliance of talking about the national team and their prospects for um, uh, South Africa in 2010? 
Uh, of course, yeah. Well, there'll, there'll be something that you know, needs to fill in the gap between the Premier League seasons. And yeah, that's true. Yeah, mini tournament down in South Africa will probably do the job. Yeah, it's a, it's a bunch of friendlies, isn't it? This is to say, after the last World Cup, I vowed that I would never be optimistic about England again. I am by nature an optimistic person. I like to see the best in uh, everyone as much as possible, and also hope for the best outcomes and and you know, assume that the glass is half full kind of thing. Um, but I, I vowed that that was it. They, they, had, they had flattered to deceive one too many times, and yet I find myself once again optimistic about England's prospects at the World Cup. It's, uh, there doesn't seem to be anything I can do about it. This chap Capello, right, this foreign tactical genius chap, he seems to have come up with this brilliant idea, which I don't know why... It's taken such a long time for a manager to think about this. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure that Venables was the last one to do it. He's basically said, right, when you get the ball, what you do is you give it to one of the other chaps wearing the same colour shirts as you. It's a novel idea. It's a novel idea. It's, a, it's amazing. It's so effective. I, I don't want to burst your bubble here, Paul, though, but there's, there's a, a really good reason that England aren't going to win the World Cup come uh, July 2010. The weak spot on the England side has got to be right back, hasn't it? Uh, Glenn Johnson, once again. Um, yeah, fair enough. Comedy defending, but let's uh, give credit where it is due. Uh, that was a heck of a fine ball he put into Lampard for his uh, his goal. Yeah, I, I think he just shanked it, didn't he? Who came off the shin? <laughs> the problem is though, if you say that he shanked it, then you also have to say that Rooney shanked it for Gerrard's goal, and we, uh, we, we obviously don't think that's the case. Magic pass from Rooney. <laughs> it was. It was fantastic. And for a second, I genuinely did think he'd shanked it, but you can see on the replay that he's had a little look up and saw Gerrard steaming in and played. I mean, that is just a, that's just a. It, it was like it was like FIFA 2010 or something. You know, it was it, it was fantastic football for a second there. But of course England aren't going to win the World Cup because there are, there are at least three or four sides that are better than England. Germany, um, good side. Spain, a really, really top-class side at the moment. Brazil, um, very functional. I, I don't know if yeah. our listeners uh, managed to catch any of the Argentina-Brazil game or, or Brazil's match against Chile, but um, th- this is not samba football uh, that uh, the market folks would have you believe this is a very functional Brazilian side but a very top class Brazilian side too it's a Dunga football which is very different from Samba football it would appear yeah Um, that's right and and, um, he's in an enviable position because uh, he's winning Um, I I suspect that um, if Brazil start losing any games that he'll be in trouble because the public don't, don't like this kind of football but they're having to swallow it he had a bit of a slow start and, and you know, he, he very nearly didn't uh, keep his job. Then uh, he went and uh, managed the team at the Olympics, which was kind of seen as a bit of a unusual step because they don't normally, the first team coach doesn't do that. Um, and it was kind of perceived as his general, generally perceived as his kind of last chance. So he, he's, he's, he's turned them around, hasn't he? They're, 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 they're crushing that group. And obviously, like, 3-1 win in Argentina is huge. A, a huge victory for them, and of course, um, poor old Carlos Tevez uh, injured his knee and looks like he'll be out for the derby as a result. Uh, it's probably probably a good thing, all in all. Really, it could have been a bit unpleasant, couldn't it? Yeah, although Carlos is ugly enough anyway, so uh, you know it can't be. <laughs>
I mean, honestly, like, if when he comes back to Old Trafford, would you be in the camp of, you know, well, while he was here, he played his heart out, or would you be in the camp of, well, he's gone to City, which is unforgivable kind of thing? Somewhere in between, actually. I, right. um, I guess he played his heart out, but that's kind of the minimum you, you'd expect from a, a United player, isn't it? Um, yeah. I I was never of the opinion that he was worth anywhere near the 25 million. A decent player, but not a great one. Yeah. I I think um, I'm I'm probably in the camp with quite a few other fans who I don't really care that he's gone to City. Uh, the yeah. fact that he's been so vocal and so disrespectful um, about the club and about Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson after his move is pretty unforgivable. And maybe he needs to justify it in the press. Uh, maybe it's the press making uh, more of it than it really is. Um, but I think uh, Carlos would have done well to keep his counsel, shut up, take his uh, £150,000 a week check and just get on with playing for City. But he, unfortunately, he's not been able to do that. So um, we, we had an email in the week um, asking us a question which I honestly never, ever thought I would be asked. Um, it was about whether or not we should... Um, re-sign uh, a certain former player who um, uh, used to be playing for United, is in the England picture and is looking for a European club in January. Beckham is looking for a European club in January. Would he be able to offer anything at all to United? Would there be any value at all in them getting him in for half a season? Or is such a move simply out of the question? Also, is he actually any good anymore? And if not United, where should he go and play uh, in order to try and get uh, football for England in the summer? Yeah, in- uh, interesting one this, because of course um, Beckham's last game for United was uh, away to Spurs uh, about six years ago. Um, so coming in the, the week that United play at Spurs, that's a kind of ironic question there. I, I don't think Beckham has anything to offer United. Um, he, he, the pace is gone. Uh, he's you know in American parlance a special teams player now. Uh, he'll go to he'll go to South Africa for sure because he offers something from free kicks, from set pieces, a bit of experience if um, if uh, Capello needs it. Uh, Capello's not going to take Walcott, Lennon and Sean Wright Phillips, so he'd probably rather have someone a little bit different to those three as well. So Beckham will go, whoever he plays for, he'll find a European club. He'll probably end up back at Milan because um, they're interested. Uh, And he's very, very old now, so he can play at Milan, which is the rules, right? Yeah, that's right. And and Chilotti will sign him. If if only Chelsea weren't banned from signing players, and Chilotti would have snapped him up. Uh, yeah, I would, would that count as a signature? Well, I suppose it would. He's uh, not out of contract, so it'd be a loan move. Yeah, no, it's registration, isn't it? They're not allowed to register any new players. So, yeah, but Beckham will find a, a club, but it wouldn't be at United. I, I him and uh, Ferguson just haven't made up. I, I don't know whether you managed to um, catch uh, this on YouTube recently, but they did meet at a function a couple of months ago. No, I can't believe I haven't seen that. Right? Yeah. Um, Listeners, uh, go to YouTube, um, uh, stick in Fergus and Beckham function. Uh, you'll probably find it. Um, and Fergie virtually blanks him. It's quite funny. And uh, Beckham's reaction afterwards is, is the, probably the funniest bit about it. See, I, I, I take a slightly different stance on this. I, I find that relationship genuinely slightly tragic, actually, um, the, the Beckham and Ferguson relationship, because... He was clearly a prodigal son to Ferguson. You know, Robson talks about when United used to play away matches um, 
in London and Ferguson would let Beckham come into the, the dressing room when he was just a kid, you know. Um, and then, obviously, he, he just was a total mentor and father figure to him. And then something really did sour their relationship. And I, I, do, I do find that all a bit sad, really. The, the issue with Beckham was, yes, he was when, when he left, he was past his peak. Yes, he'd been negotiating with Madrid for some time before then because the relationship with Ferguson was deteriorating. But, but mostly, Ferguson just decided that, um, you know, as is his won't, that, um, that Beckham had things in his life that were becoming more important to him than football. So, mm. of course, Ferguson won't allow that at all. And if he thought Beckham had lost his focus or, or lost that little bit of edge, um, then he's going to be gone. And, and Ferguson has done this time and time again with, with many, many players. And the thing is, I feel like Beckham did get a little bit of that edge back in his last season at Madrid. Um, when Capello had kind of written him off, and then he came back into the side and was really excellent, got back into the England side, and you know it, it was kind of, it was kind of good to see that. I have to say, mm-hmm. although all these nice things about David Beckham, it, there is slight issue with the man who gives Nelson Mandela his own autobiography. Do you know that Beckham gave Nelson Mandela the Beckham autobiography for a Christmas present? I'm, uh, I'm sure of all the honours that Mandela has received since he uh, was released from uh, prison. <laughs> Um, in what 1991 now um, I'm sure the Beckham autobiography um, signed by the man himself no doubt is, is his most possession so talking of um, um, well in that case ex-Manchester United players who are going to try and get to South Africa in 2010 what does Manchester United's Michael Owen have to do to get there he has to start scoring some goals, and at the moment mm. that's a problem because he's not playing. Um, it would help, of course, if Ferguson actually decided to play two strikers, but yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he, I, I'm guessing he won't start at the weekend. Um, Rooney will start, uh, maybe Berbatov will start, and Ferguson might class this as a, like a Category A difficult game and, and play the one striker. Uh, we'll see. Um, and then Owen is the next one up. Do you, um Sorry to steal your exquisite, you know, segueing job, but talking of the game against Spurs, the fact that Valencia had that really long trip nudges it slightly towards even more likely that Ferguson will, will uh, play the sort of more 4 5 one type formation, do you think? Maybe. Uh, the trouble with that, uh, with Valencia being out, is who he plays in the wide areas. I mean, presumably Nani will play. He didn't get a lot of football in the midweek. Uh, Park, I guess, will, will be back as well. But Nani and Park in wide areas and, and one forward looks a bit pedestrian. And uh, that that looks like uh, Wayne Rooney an awful long way away from his midfield. Mm. Um, so, well, we'll, we'll see. Um, it'd be a shame to repeat the mistakes of the Arsenal game when Rooney was 30 yards from the nearest player for, for most of the game there. So, um, and... All credit to Spurs. They've had a really good start to the season. Four wins in a row. Uh, Harry's got them playing uh, in, you know, in the right way, as, uh, as he always does uh, with Spurs, um, it, mainly through signing 457 players. Yeah. Uh, many from countries that um, I no longer knew existed. So, but um, no, seriously, he, he's got a good team there. Um, uh, awful lot of strikers. You don't get any game time right at the moment. Um, but, but they're producing the results and and um, you know, at this early stage in the season, that, that's exactly what um, he and the Spurs fans wanted. So if you were the Manchester United manager, as you are of your Sabutio team and your football manager team, uh, what's, the, what's the team that you'd pick to go up against Spurs? 
Well, g- given the injury problems um, and who's out and Valencia's long trip and all of that, I, I guess it's uh, Foster, Neville, Ferdinand, Vidic, Evra, Park, Nani, Carrick and Fletcher and then Rooney and Berbatov. I, I do hope that that's the starting eleven. I really do. Because especially you want to see Berbatov back at Spurs as well. I, think that's yeah, I just want to see him get some game time. I mean, he's a yeah. top-class player and he, he, he just can't produce what we need him to produce playing once every other week. No, absolutely. I mean, he was excellent against Wigan. Um, I'm sorry to say, listeners, I've I've been neglectful. I didn't watch the Bulgaria game. But it, by all accounts, he had a really good performance there as well. So be, be, it would be good to see. I never miss uh, Montenegro away games. Caught some of that game. Caught some. Uh, um, uh, talking, you mentioned there uh, Rio Ferdinand. I... This this was news that it broke, broke exclusively for me on United rant. I suspect it might be a lie to call it strictly speaking exclusive, but it's looking like Rio's going to be back. Yeah, he's been in training this week. Uh, they've had quite a few players in training um, at Carrington this week, so he's trained all week. He he's you know to all intents and purposes fit to play. Um, I guess they'll make a call on that on Saturday morning, um, but he, he should be back. So, yeah, first time that um, Vidic and Ferdinand have uh, been able to play together this season. And and that's, you know, it was the key to... It was really the key to the season last season, wasn't it? So I think it's the key to this season as well. Given that there are an awful lot of goals coming from midfield at the moment, I, I think United probably will score in the mid-60s to low-70s uh, in the Premier League. Um, and that's... You know, probably going to need a pretty tight defensive performance in order to to be there or thereabouts, can't they? Um, what do you make of Foster not getting the nod over Robert Green? Yeah, a little bit surprising. I I I guess Green's been in form, and you know Foster's not had that many games and made a couple of mistakes, but also you know made some fine saves too. I mean, maybe it's Capello just believes that Green's the better keeper. I, I I'm not sure that's the case myself, but, but Foster will get his chance eventually. Um, he looks. He just. He still looks shaky to me. Ben Foster does. He still looks like his confidence isn't there yet. Really, he doesn't. He doesn't look like. He hasn't got that air of. Yep, yeah, I'm the Manchester United goalkeeper. You know. Yeah, I don't know when that comes. I mean, I don't know whether that just comes with good performances. Um, he was apparently disappointed that he didn't uh, keep the Arsenal uh, goal out. Arshavin's uh, shot. Yeah. Um, and and so he should be, I guess. I mean, it wasn't a horrendous mistake. It was, you know, it, it was a difficult save to make. But top class keepers, you know, and especially getting a hand on it, top class keepers might keep that out. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, we really have only had two, two maybe three keepers uh, that that have had that that I'm the United goalkeeper vibe and. Mr. Schmeichel has long since retired, and Fabian Barthez had the vibe, but not the ability. Well, he obviously had the ability, but not the consistency. And Van der Sar is uh, is definitely he's definitely starting to look a bit. He's he, at the end of last season, he was definitely starting to kind of. I, I think he must be feeling his age. You know, he, he really is getting on, isn't he? So uh, he'll be forty very soon. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it, the 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 future of our. The future of our goalkeeping position is still very much, very much up for grabs, isn't it? That's right. Foster's got this season to, well, in fact, you know, in all reality, he's he's got about another six weeks or so uh, to to hang on to this United 
number one jersey. Um, he puts in some really good performances over the next few weeks and makes that jersey his own. Yeah. The chance of being both a United number one and the England number one and still being United number one next season. If he doesn't, Van der Sar's back in the side and Foster's on his way out because United will bring another keeper in. That's uh, interesting times for sure. Of course. So after Spurs away this weekend, uh, United have uh, the opening Champions League game away to Besiktas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, you're our Turkish football expert, aren't you, Paul? Yeah, well, you know, Besiktas are very much third of the Turkish big three, along with their other two teams. Um, Galatasaray and the other one that I can't think of right now. (laughs) Fenerbahce. That's it, yes, thank you. Um, uh, No, I know nothing about um, Turkish football. In fact, if the Turkish uh, team lined up and Hakan Sakur wasn't playing up front, I would uh, be a bit confused, and I'm pretty sure he retired four years ago. So, um, no, my Turkish football knowledge is limited. And I don't know any of the players in the Besiktas side either. United are bound to win. (laughs) We've never heard of them. Um, No, I mean... uh, we resorted to the cliche of how exciting uh, Spurs against Man United games always are. Let's uh, let's go with it. It's always a tough away fixture when you go to Turkey. That's it. Welcome to hell. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, the, the long trip again after the international week. Um, just so you know, they, those flight miles they really must take their toll. You know, I, I'm Not sure. For- they, I'm sure they will. And of course, United have the derby against City the following weekend. So. A big decision for Fergie to make on who's going to play away at Besiktas because I'm sure he'd like to give um, you know at least a little bit of a rest to some of his key players. And and United are famously uh, fairly rubbish away from home in Europe in the group stages. I mean, is it is it fair to say that now? I mean, we we've really put in some fairly pedestrian performances over the years, haven't we? Yeah, the last two seasons haven't been too bad. I mean, we qualified fairly easily from the group, so. I, I'm sure, you know, Besiktas are uh, the pot three team, Wolfsburg were the pot four team, which which uh, doesn't quite seem to add up, but I'm, no. I'm sure it'll be a tough game. Um, but, it will. but United, uh, this is one of the ones that they, they will be looking at saying, well, we could potentially get three points here. I and mean, of course, it's, in Europe, it's always key to win your home games. Three home wins for United plus one draw in the three away fixtures would probably be enough to qualify. I have to say, if they do win, it's huge. I think it's one of those games where it's the the effect of losing is not particularly serious, um, but the effect of winning is very significant. I think because that's you know they're, they're in such a strong position then, and that means they can afford a slip up in Moscow or potentially even if Wolfsburg, um, because I think I do think Wolfsburg really do look like they might be a very good side, um, and they they could even do some damage at Old Trafford potentially. But you know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yes, uh, you know, long road ahead, of course, in the Champions League. Uh, I think something like 17 games to uh, win the tournament, which we're bound to do, of course. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, because the uh, the team has clearly progressed from last season's humiliating defeat to Barcelona. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yes, if we do have a bad season in the Champions League, you know, we, we we've not had it. We've not had it too bad in the last couple of years, have we? No, two finals in two years. It's a pretty good performance. Um, I'm sure Ferguson will still be hurting from last season's final against Barcelona. Um, Would love to put that right. Uh, Whether he's got the tools to do it this year would would seem doubtful, but um, time will tell, of course.
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited about the Spurs match. Um, I've just discovered uh, that my mum has got the XL package on Virgin, which means she gets ESPN for free, so I'm going to be able to watch it, which is brilliant news, because um, I didn't think I was going to be able to. Um, and, I, I, you know, it should be a cracking game, and it's, it's definitely winnable, um, and hopefully there'll be some really good football. Hopefully Rooney will be just absolutely full of bags of confidence, and his role as star man for club and country is, is going to suit him down to the ground. And it, it could, I've got a feeling it's, uh, it's going to be the Wayne Rooney show on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, I, I, my prediction is 2-1 to United. Um... Has it a guess? Oh, no, I'm going. I'm going much bigger than that. I'm going four-two uh, to United, with um, it being three-two for quite a while, and then just a, a late goal to to make the scoreline look slightly more convincing than the actual performance was. Good stuff. Um, well, uh, enjoy the game, listeners, and we'll see you next week. Uh, if you want, you can email us at cast at unitedrant.co.uk or stick a comment on the post, and we'll try and answer your questions.